let's get more focused. The skills and experiences that you need to run a stores business and a digital business are different. Welcome to Behind the Brands, presented by NEO. We take an inside look at the leaders behind today's most influential brands. I'm your host, Jeff Adamson. As a co-founder of Skip the Dishes and NEO Financial, I am fascinated by what it takes to build great companies. On this podcast, you'll get to meet the masterminds behind the brands we interact with every day and get a behind-the-scenes look at the what, the why, and the how from a leader's perspective. Let's get going. Today on the podcast, I'm excited to introduce Ian Nairn president and CEO of Canada's oldest company, The Bay. Founded in 1670, the Hudson's Bay Company is North America's longest continually operating company. In recent years, The Bay has begun a digital transformation, focusing on its e-commerce strategy and the separation of their digital and physical business. This year, The Bay launched its online marketplace, featuring over 500 third-party local sellers. With a retail career spanning more than 40 years, Ian has an extensive background in brand management and omnichannel retailing, having worked in multiple markets, including Australia, New Zealand, the UK, Europe, Asia, and South Africa. In January 2020, Ian joined the Bay on their mission to inspire Canadians to live their best style and explore the colorful life that they can design for themselves. Now, Ian will lead the digital transformation of an iconic brand as president and CEO of the Bay's e-com business. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. Nice to be here. Thank you, Jeff. Let's, let's start from the beginning here. Is there a defining moment when you realized that you had an interest in, in business, specifically retail? I, I come from a, a very academic family. You know, um, I'm the youngest of four. You know, my father was a career civil servant. You know, his kind of last role in the civil service was running pensions and child benefit for the whole of the UK, you know. So, you know, very academic, huge role. You know, my, my eldest brother, he's a, he's a, a scientist and a, a professor at Yale. You know, my sister's a pharmacist and my second brother's a, a, a banker, you know. But I knew it was, it was funny, you know, probably the youngest and being the kind of little bit craziest, you know, that I started working on a market store when I was uh, 15 years old, you know, in, in uh, Chelmsford and Essex. And, uh, you know, I used to get up every morning. You know, we traveled the county in a, in a, you know, banged up old van and, you know, we sold stamps and tools. But I loved it. It was it was incredible. It was, it was a great experience. I enjoyed it immensely, despite the early mornings. I'm not a great morning person. I learned so much at, at the age of 15. And it was like customer, you know, they're the most important thing. If you don't have customers, you can't you can't succeed. What what have you seen change from the, you know, the 15 year old Ian Nairn? Actually, fundamentally, nothing has changed. I mean, I think, you know, it's just the approach is is different. You know, the channels that the customer you communicate with is different. And in fact, it's become almost more detached because of the because of the kind of onset of digital and you know if you look at the best in the world nowadays you know the best retailers are basically customer led tech businesses you know where they've come up with a solution to actually do exactly what I did on that market stall uh, but through a tech uh, way and the customers change you know so the customer is comfortable actually you know selling in that or being sold to in that way but the people who've excelled have actually come up with the solutions that the customers needed to get that one-on-one personalization. So, you know, I strongly believe actually that there's still going to be digital, there's still going to be stores and actually still going to be one-on-one selling. You know, that, that's that's still going to be here forever. Yeah, I think I, I read a statistic that customers 
or people just in general spend roughly about 12 minutes out of every hour, every waking hour on some sort of device. But at the same time, though, Hudson's Bay has this amazing footprint. You've got employees who are engaging with customers face-to-face every single day. How do you translate that face-to-face experience to the digital? Prior to COVID, we still had sort of 80% of our turnover came to stores, you know, so there was always this ability. So you didn't talk about, you know, you were kind of evolving your digital kind of footprint. But when COVID came along, it was like, oh my golly, how on earth are we going to talk to those customers? You know, because we've got all these store people, you know, that they're actually, we were still employing, but we didn't have the stores open. It was like, okay, so we, we kind of developed some uh, technology to allow, you know, a customer to come into our, onto our digital channel, chat, decide which is the store they wanted to chat with, direct the customer to that store, and then start the conversation there. Uh, and then we've evolved it since, since then. So, you know, now, for instance, and the stores are reopened, you know, you could walk into a store in Queen Street in Toronto tomorrow and our staff associates would have a lanyard on with a QR code, you know, so you could be talking to a customer, you could be engaging on a product line or styling the customer, you know, and we can actually scan that QR code on the lanyard that will take you to a personal associates landing page. And they can keep that conversation going outside the store. Now, if I go back to my market store example, you know, mm-hmm. you start with this one in one conversation but now you've extended actually to a digital solution where you can now you know talk to them one-on-one but outside the store through the digital solution the fundamental key here is longevity of relationship Mm -hmm. you know you build the relationship you inspire the customer and then you want that customer to come back and back and back Mm -hmm. again because you you know keep keep them happy so that's what the tech solutions we're trying to find so walk me through that customer experience because i I want our listeners to understand it so if I go into a Hudson Bay location, I'm able to obviously get helped by the the people who are in the stores, but then I'm also able to form a digital connection with an associate and then that will be recalled when I'm a, when I engage with the bay online. Yeah, uh, and and that associate will then your latest style comes in. So they may build you actually, they could build you a kind of style uh, uh, sort of page, you know, and say that, okay, we've got the look the lookbook for you and this is your product you like this color and you like this shapes and this is the new so they get to know you and then you know next season's collection comes in and they can kind of adapt that to you know they may have a certain group of customers who like that look so they can kind of adapt and whole new lookbook and they take the range and they can show it to you live or they can send it to you on on, on a kind of a, a digital in, interface um, and then start the conversation again it's great you know and we're refining it every day i mean and and this is the journey that we're on of of moving the business from being a organization that used to use other people's tech to being a, com- a company now who's tech led you know this is this is a fundamental difference you know where we are thinking through what's the right tech solution for our customers as opposed to just going oh okay this is good but it worked for 50 different mm-hmm. other companies you know there's no point of difference in buying other people's tech, you know, because it's, it's the same as buying, okay, we're going to buy all the same clothes for everybody. And, and there's no differentiation between you and the other brand. Um, you know, so we're trying to come up with, um, you know, solutions that make us more relevant than, than our competitors. You're now starting to hear more and more companies say, we're actually a tech company that sells sneakers, or we're a tech company that sells you know, clothes, it's kind of identifying more as a, as a tech company. How how do you get, like, how does the Bay think of that transformation when it comes to your identity? 
the, the tech thing is not about a particular channel. You know, it's just because today's channel will be what they are. You don't know what they're going to be in in three or four mm. or five years time. I mean, you hadn't heard of TikTok two years ago, you know, I mean, you know, so the communication of the channels will evolve, you know, um, but really it's about the relationship of the brand and mm. the consumer and understanding that consumer. Now, you know, at, at the Bay, we have 10 million Canadians shop with us every year, <laughs> 10 million out of, a, out of a country population of 38 million, you know, now, we know that we can that they come to us. We know that they love them, love us. You know, so our, our role, we believe, is to become mm-hmm. more relevant for them in in you know where they are, mm-hmm. how they're shopping, you know, uh, what they want to buy. You know, I mean, a great example for us would be, I'm sure, a high proportion of our, our mm-hmm. customers have pets. For instance, you know, we sell them clothes, we sell them perfume, we sell them, you know, home furnishings. There's absolutely no reason that within that home we couldn't sell a pet bed. Or, you know, or we couldn't sell them pet food even, you know. So it's really thinking about it in terms of what's the relationship. If we can build a, a more engaging relationship with that consumer, then they would have the confidence to buy, uh, you know, further products from us across, mm-hmm. uh, you know, some net new categories, I think, is the, is the way we're thinking about it. And, and we're using tech to make that transformation uh, because you can't do it in – well, for firstly – Stores alone aren't where they shop, you know. They are shopping across a lot of different formats. Therefore, we've got to get ahead of the curve and, and be there for them in those formats in a way that allows them to, to think that we're more exciting than anybody else. If you could go back in time and tell Ian, the CEO, 10 years ago something, what, what would that be and why? <laughs> yeah, I would have said, think about the changing behavior of the customer more, you know, that, that would be the thing, you know, if I, and, and I will come back to digital again. I mean, I, I had a light bulb moment. I used to work for Laura Ashley in the nineties, you know, I remember the floral curtain uh, business and I was a COO for that business. I ran there. Uh, one of my roles was, was running their mail order business. And we had a, we had an old fashioned catalog business, you know, and, and in those days it was like, how many products could you get on a page? You know, what was the return per product per page? And, you know, and you'd put, you send all these catalogs out to the customer and you get a response which you'd get like two months later and then you'd reskin the catalog with us you know you take the front cover off and you put another and you'd resend it out in a slightly smaller book you know this is what we live this is the different world we lived in you know think about that i mean half people wouldn't understand that concept yet you know so we decided okay here's an opportunity so we set up our first digital site in the ni- late 90s you know and uh, you know that that amazed me i mean talk about low tech i mean that was like yeah. we had a front end that sent an order to a warehouse and I had a lap, we basically had a desktop computer there that was the size of, you know, a big, big old box, you know, you used to see. It just printed out an order. And then we went around the warehouse and we had a shop till in the corner and we'd put the sale then through the shop till and we'd swipe, you know, we'd take their credit card number. I mean, there was no PCI <laughs> in those days, you know, no, no kind of, you know, uh, you know, you guys would freak it, that, that sort of solution, in, in the, you know, but what it realized what what it kind of brought home to me was that actually this whole digital thing yeah. would work you know uh, and it, it sort of went further than that i mean i, I remember set, selling beds at three o'clock in the morning it was like this weird thing this insight that we found in our is we were looking at our sales coming in and we could track them per hour and we were selling beds at three o'clock in the morning and it was like <laughs> why, why you know and, 
And it was clearly that like, customers woke up with a backache at the three o'clock in the morning and thought, I've been looking for that bed. I'm going to order it. You know, it's like it was it was a really interesting kind of background. And in those days, I thought, yeah, OK, even as I transformed my you know career, went around the world, you know, it was still very stores mm-hmm. focused, you know, and I, and I, you know, I went to Australia and I was probably the first person to launch a website, a proper transactional mm-hmm. website in Australia. But I could have moved quicker. You know, that that would be the thing I could have, you know. You know, Amazon have grown to a $500 billion business in the time that I've yeah. still gone through. You know, I, I could have been quicker would have been the thing. And I think that's the that's the lesson, I think, that, you know, we're trying to think about it in, in the business at the moment. We've termed ourselves as a, the first 351-year-old startup. Yeah. You know, that's the term we're using internal, internally. Don't think like a, a an old traditional business. Think about a start. Think, think about you as a startup business. That's what's going to you know, yeah. change the ethos of move quickly, move quickly, test and learn. We're not going to get it right. You know, agile methodology, groups of people who we don't have to sit over and give us bits of paper and talk to me and say, I want to spend X, Y. Just give them the stuff and say, here's the list of things, you you know, we agree yeah. that could make a difference. Yeah. Well, go off and do it, you know. Yeah, and I think as, as humans too, you know, you know, I feel like we always underestimate the speed of change, the amount of information that's being created is accelerating far faster than what we ever anticipated. And, and, and everyone always talks about the importance of data. In one instance, you have seen that go from you know, pen and paper in, in the 90s to now it's kind of click a button and it arrives uh, at your house. But like, how do you prepare for that change? Because in order to catch the change, you need to be able to you know, provide a lot of flexibility. You need to be able to invest in that. And how do you balance out giving customers what they want right now but then also say, well, here's where we think the puck is going and we need to kind of go there instead of just chasing after it. Part of our cultural change in the organization is is, is twofold. One, one is more insight and conversation with the customer. Those 10 million customers replicate the whole Canadian population from ethnicity to, to, um, to age. It's a case of, you know, different Groups will be moving at different paces, so you've got to you've got to have tracking uh, ability to track that and understand that, and kind of mm-hmm. almost you know get ahead of that. And then internally in the organisation, you know, we're moving to a kind of a, a kind of model where we just pose questions. You know, we kind of okay, this is what we're seeing. So we get groups of people, you know, around and sit in a room and say, okay, well, this is the this is what we're seeing group of you know and it's this is not senior leaders this is just you know people in the organization to say okay well actually this is what i'm feeling this is this, and, and generally sort of tease out of uh, our own associates you know how would you react to that what would you do with this what would you do with that you know what would be the solution that would actually overcome the mm-hmm. problem that we're we're posing for you and then mar- marry the two together so it's about insights and research and problem solving you've talked about kind of that relationship with the customer we were talking about one-to-one earlier and you're almost trying to take that experience of i think everyone kind of has a favorite coffee shop or they have a, a shop that they go to where the the owner or the staff know them it's a great feeling you know when you walk in and someone says you know like hey Ian or hey jeff and it's like do you want like this you know the regular and they kind of know how to make it the way you want it and you know what the price is and that that is kind of like the dream transaction in, in my or the dream relationship but at the same time it's like when you get to the size of a brand like the bay it becomes more difficult to to scale that up because you're dealing with 10 million customers. Like you basically need to, like, how, how do you have a one-to-one relationship with 10 million people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's about segmentation. It's about personalization. It's And that's where the, 
that's why the investment in really smart people to figure out that solution comes. Customers want it at some levels, but then they don't want it at other levels. I mean, actually, even even in stores, you know, some customers just want to come in. They don't want any hassle. They just want to wander around, pick their things, you know. So you've got to work out who wants what, uh, on what products mm-hmm. do they want what. Where is price the most important thing, you know? Or where is uh, experience the most important thing? Or where is service the more, most important thing? So every interaction has a... A kind of one of those, you know, two, you know, two or three different components, and then you can start sort of okay, that, that's that makes things the world a little bit easier because we can say okay, we're mm-hmm. gonna we're gonna invest in a certain approach. You know, I don't know if you're buying, uh, if you're decorating your whole home, then clearly you want an ability to put different products together and create a, a kind of a, a mood board mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. But if you're you know just want to come in buy a consumable item, then actually that's very transactional. It's not an overnight journey, no, like it's. You know, maybe as customers, we're we're often not very tolerant or, or patient with because, like, I remember the early days of of skip the dishes when we were literally using Skype chat to chat with couriers, and we were you know faxing orders to restaurants or, or you know having to just call the restaurant and tell them what the order was, and there's no order tracking. Fast forward four years, and now you've got live GPS tracking. You've got you know millions of orders being processed. Now four years actually doesn't seem like a lot of time, but it's just now with technology, you can transform so quickly. And are you seeing that that pace of change occurring kind of because you've been at the Bay for like about two, just coming up to two years now. Is that right? Yeah, two years. Yeah, yeah, two years in January. So, so I think you're a great example. I mean, you're my first into digital and, and something in, you know, in, in my warehouse to to, you know, you did it in a super quick time. So it's, it's it is exactly that, you know, it's what's a customer problem? Uh, you know what's your problem <laughs> in solving that and and the solution is is a technical solution and i think that's where us as an organization you know because look we we we'd be very very we'd be the first people to say that we're not doing the the, the best job that we should do you know we want to transform ourselves to being mm-hmm. a kind of a, a one out of ten we're a four out of ten but we want to be a nine out of ten in in the things that our customers find important um and and that's why we you know we made the conscious decision to to re- organize our business so we could focus on you know technology and and kind of digital and come up with those solutions quicker than we ever had have done before well let's talk about that reorganization then so a lot of people when they think of hudson's bay they think of it as this iconic department store but it actually has a massive online presence and i believe if i have my numbers right um sixth largest online retailer in the country 10th most visited e-com site in canada how are you guys changing perceptions about the brand? The most important thing is, you know, we have this interesting term. It's called, we kind of break down the customer journey in terms of, does a customer think about us first? I mean, this is something you can actually measure. When you wake up in the morning and you think I'm going to, you know, do something today or buy something today, what's the first thing that springs into your mind? You know, so we call it the think and consider score, um, you know, and then you've got the, okay, if they, if, if we can lift our think and consider score, you know, and that's really sort of top of mind thinking. So, you know, we've got to be out there and invest more heavily, you know, to our customers to make sure that they understand that we're a digital business, you know, and this is, again, the part of the reason, you know, we kind of even even creating the PR of reorganizing our business was a part of, okay, 
you can think about us differently as an organization. Um, but it's a lot about brand. It's a lot about how we turn, you know, how we show up as a digital business. It's the, it's the mediums we show up in. Um, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that's important. It's how often we show up in. You know, if you think about historical department store, you know, it was all about send a flyer out or send a direct mail out where, and it was like, we'll only send X, we'll spend X amount of our money because most of our customers come into the store and that's where we'd spend our marketing dollars inside the store. Whereas Mm -hmm. in digital, in digital world, completely different thinking. You know, we would, you know, our our intention is to quadruple our, our investment in, in marketing. Uh, right the way through the funnel. So right the way from, you know, what our sta- our brand stands for, what we represent to, you know, where we, I just saw our Christmas ad just yesterday, you know, with Annie Murphy, you know, I won't give you all the, the, the kind of punchline, but it's so fun. I mean, I love her anyway, but it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. But, you know, we take her into a world of digital, which, um, you know, is, is going to be all over the TV. It's going to be all over social media. Uh, you know, so it's really changing the perception of the, the customer, you know, even using the Bay is a more regular used term, you know, because everyone associates the Bay.com, you know, so again, it's, it's thinking through the, the cues um, that will send customers into us first. Uh, and then a lot of it is actually about, and then it's a product price, you know, in terms of our relevance to them. Uh, and as I said, you know, the products that they would come more regularly to, to buy things digitally, um, you know, if we need to make that more obvious. This, this thinking consider score, I mean, I'm interested to understand, like, how are you measuring that? Is that survey based? Or is that based on some of the analytics that you have in, in your tech, tech stack? Or how, how, how do you get to that? A combination of both. So we have a, a data, we, we run a data analysis every single week, which is a combination of a whole series of things, you know, from surveys going out to groups of people to, you know, we, we obviously can track digitally, you know, what people are clicking, who they're clicking first, you know, what's at the first click, second click, and then we merge them both together. You know, we know that if we send out a TikTok ad, you know, we, you know, we can see that customer's journey. They may go straight to our website or they may go, it may actually go in store and then we can track the conversion from both of those. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, it, you talked about data early. It's, it's, there's tons of data out there. You've got to, you've got to kind of synthesize it down to the two or three things. And that's why we're very simple. You know, we're trying to make it simple. Do they think about us? Do they consider us once they get to the website? Do they convert? What's their transaction value? Uh, and then do we get a repeat customer, you know, then, and repeat is hugely important for us because if you think we've got 10 million coming once a year, yes, we can get new customers, but actually we've got a big chunk of, mm. of Canada already. What's equally, and if not more important to us is actually repeat purchasing. Yeah. Um, you know, that's the kind of biggest thing on that keeps me awake at night is, is that repeat, that repeat purchase. Cause that really does truly show mm-hmm. the relationship. If that's growing and it actually is growing at the moment, it's really, you know, I'm seeing, Kind of, you know, real growth in customers, mm-hmm. net new plus plus existing. But then I'm I'm seeing a nice new a retention score, which is critical for us. A lot of what we've been talking about is all you know technology and data, and it's almost like left brain, right brain, where one's very kind of conversion analytics, you know, almost engineering minded. But then you have the other side of it, which is more of kind of brand and purpose. And I'd love to kind of understand a bit better around you know the purpose side of things and. The Bay wants to inspire Canadians to live their best style, uh, explore the colorful life that they can design for themselves. What does that really mean to you? And really, what do you see the Bay's uh, purpose as being? We've been in Canada for 351 years. You know, we're part of the, the whole growth of this country 
it's beholden on us to kind of play a role in, I guess, the next 351 years, you know. So, you know, we've developed a concept called Charter for Change, where through our foundation, we have planned to invest about $30 million into, you know, helping Canadians wherever they are in the country uh, live a better life. We, we've just joined the Raptors, for instance, last night, which is part of that because they also are on the same journey. And in addition to that, we also want to sort of be part of the discourse and the conversation and the developing, you know, what Canada is for the future. So rather than be an organization that's just purely interested in profit, we want to actually be an organization that is, uh, you know, part of helping Canada for the future. Can you tell me a bit more about the kind of goals or some of the initiatives that you guys are, are planning? Is that is that uh, been announced yet or is that still kind of uh, in development? Education, we believe, for, for those who, you know, can't, can't get it as easily. You know, our, our investment in the 15% pledge, uh, you know, that we've we've uh, made us, you know, obviously that's a critical thing. You know, we've, we've developed a, a council to, um, you know, bring, uh, you know, a, a different uh, diverse designers into the the spotlight you know through our uh, ability and our, our you know and, and here's a great example you know so one of the big issues for up and coming designers is is that they just can't fit in with a big organization's uh, processes you know their terms and conditions you know so we would demand 30 to 90 days terms you know that would be mm -hmm. the thing standard you know big big company organization that's 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 the terms we work on but actually that's difficult for for, for some people we had to change our processes to allow our uh, new designers to come on board um, you know that that would be a great example where you know this is um you know helping people but helping people through business helping people through mm -hmm. education um you know so th those would be the areas that we're we're uh, working with well it's interesting too because you hear a lot of people talk about wanting to be a part of a positive change or being purpose-led but then very few actually change their own company to to be able to kind of walk the talk and and I think that's really cool to see that you guys are are making those changes. I'm curious to, to to kind of talk a little bit about risk. How do you guys think about taking risks when it comes to marketing or brand? We have the concept of a brand council. Through COVID, for instance, actually the the feelings that the country was going through, through the, the, the sort of ups and downs of, of phase one, phase two, phase three, kids can't go to school, you know, we pull campaigns, you know, can be completely honest, you know, we pull campaigns because we thought, actually, that's just not in tune with what our our consumers are feeling now, yeah. you know, so, you know, it's, it's really important. But then there's other, you know, I think, you know, there's other times you can, can take bigger risk you can be more you know flippant about the situation we're in perhaps you know because actually people are feeling in a good in a mm -hmm. good space you know that's the way we look at it so you know we allow them the marketing team to to um you know go out and, and and take the pulse of the the canadian people and then and then they put up scenarios and then through our kind of um brand council we kind of evolve we've evolved them and understand whether we think they're appropriate and everyone has a view you recently came out and announced a new business structure whereby the bay and hudson's they operate as as distinct businesses. Why? What was the motivation behind that that change? One was focus. You know, let's get more focused. The skills and experiences that you need to run a stores business and a digital business are different. Actually, the organisation. You know, we talked a lot about tech. You know, you need a, a different sort of level of of, of skill. So so one was one was focus, but primarily did it because we wanted to 
show the value of our, you know, what we had as a business. You know, I mean, the Bay is is a tremendously successful business. You know, it'll do 1.1 billion in uh, demand this year. You know, it's a big business. You know, it's the sixth largest in in Canada. You know, it has this. Um, it's been growing at that at a rate for the last uh, five years, six years, actually, ever since inception as a digital business. Which, if you put it alongside a, a sort of any other high tech, uh, you know, growth. Uh, business would be saying, okay, this is this is a great business. So, you know, almost to uncover what was a fantastic business. So that's what we're trying to, uh, I guess, unleash is the ability for people to see that we have this incredible, uh, you know, brand and a, and a great growth story and a you know and and we make money, which is also you know kind of in in the tech world. And sometimes investors will invest, invest, invest without any profit on the hope of profit. Whereas actually, we have a a really great, robust business. The Bay still controls the brand. It controls a relationship mm-hmm. with the customer, whether they're in a store or whether online or whether on TikTok. You know, that is all controlled by the Bay. The vendor relationships are all controlled by the Bay. Um, you know, the marketplace is all controlled by the Bay. The, the Bay actually still, um, you know, buys all the product for the stores and decides where it's going in the stores. But with, in conjunction with that group, as you know, think about them as a franchise or a franchisee, um, you know, they work within our framework, if, if that makes sense, the brand framework. So from the customer perspective, they won't really notice a difference except for maybe the fact that the e-com side of the business, the bay.com, is able to really heavily focus on the digital side. The customer should be getting you know, an even better digital experience because you're focused on that. You're not having to focus on a bunch of different things at the same time. And then the experience in the store is the same because there's no changes there. Do the stores become more uh, fulfillment focused versus you know, conversion focused, like the online side or because because you think of like Amazon, for example, like they're, they're opening fulfillment centers kind of outside these cities. Everyone just thinks of them as a purely digital business, but you have the advantage of actually having physical locations all across Canada and you have this robust digital business. How does that relationship work? Both basically is, but first and foremost, actually, we see the stores more evolving into experiential. In fact, we've, we've mm-hmm. now turned in the discovery stores. It's the Hudson's Bay discovery store. So it's like, how do you discover the exciting things that are happening within the organization? How do we bring those to life and make them, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more inspiring for the customer? Uh, and how do we use the stores to learn from, you know, I mean, our strategy in digital is to, obviously we launched our marketplace is to, is to 10x grow our products, uh, to go into net new categories that we haven't been in before. Therefore, what we will learn from all of that information is much more effectively what we should be putting in your local store uh, because we get a better data understanding. You know, so rather than the stores being, okay, we've got 80,000 SKUs and, Mm -hmm. you know, last year we bought this, next year we're going to buy the, you know, slightly differently, but broadly the same. Whereas now we're going to have all this, this information from the 10 times more products so we can Mm -hmm. refine and curate the store offer more effectively and then bring it to life so you know i I talked a little bit about marketplace but you know we we will the marketplace has allowed us to bring products on really quickly so you know historically it would take nine months to get a product you know you go to you know new york fashion week and then you know you place an order and it'd be here nine months later you know whereas now you know and this is a great example you know we were sitting in a a sales meeting three about actually about two months ago and Christmas trees started trending and on our search terms, you know, and we didn't have any Christmas trees because they're stuck on a 
a cargo ship sitting outside Vancouver. So what did we do? We said, okay, who sells, who in our, our new marketplace yeah. um, seller list sells Christmas trees? And we had them up in that week. I mean, literally, we just rang the guy up and said, Christmas trees are trending. Can you get Christmas trees on, on our marketplace? Oh, yeah, sure. Bang, we got Christmas trees in the marketplace. It's like the holy grail of retailing. You know, it's like you can move that quickly, you know, as long as you have the right kind of seller profile. You know, we can now move that quickly. But there's some trade-offs there. So like we, we've got experience in marketplace. So Skip was a marketplace. Neo Financial is a marketplace as well. And I, and I, and I always struggle with that trade-off because as a customer, I go and I look at whether it's the Bay or Best Buy or any, any marketplace. And I'm, I'm thinking, hey, I'm making the purchase with the brand not with the marketplace seller. And how do you think of giving up some of that control because they are, it's not the bay necessarily, but it is kind of at the same time and the customer kind of doesn't care. So how do you think of giving up that control? Oh, I agree. Yeah, I wouldn't say we give up control because actually, you know, we, we don't see ourselves being Amazon. You know, we see okay. ourselves very much about curating the range to meet the same aspirations that we know that they, so to us, it's no different from us buying it ourselves or doing a dropship model, you know, we're looking for premium brands, you know, that fit the, you know, exactly along the lines of what where we're going. You know, there's a rigorous kind of uh, approval process. You know, we we check their their uh, credentials and and do a lot of due diligence on them. You know, so we're, we we don't see in 10x growth is not a, you know, mm-hmm. that, that's not a big marketplace in the scheme of world marketplaces. You know, so we're we're really trying to to create a curated view of the world and double checking before we allow any marketplace sellers to come on board that we've you know we've checked the credentials and we're giving small Shopify sellers, you know, who may have a small business D to C the access to, you know, mm-hmm. 220 That's million huge. visits a year growing at 50%. That's huge. We've got our customers on one end and we've got all these other great people that they'll never see on the other end. We're kind of curating that and say, wow, you know, you, have you seen this? You know, it's a, a new designer that um, never had that exposure before. I don't think, yeah, I think people don't understand how big that is, even as a, an, or how big it is for a small or medium-sized business to get listed on the bay.com. Because as a, as a small business, you could have an amazing product, but you don't have access to demand. And if all of a sudden you can get access to the bay, you've just unleashed a huge amount of exposure to customers that would never have potentially never seen your product. And then for, for yourself, it increases your selection, which then will continue to increase the demand. So it almost creates that, that virtuous cycle of, of the more suppliers you get, the more demand you have. And then the suppliers are happy because they're getting the demand and then it just continues to fuel itself. The cultural change in the organization actually launching a marketplace is actually the marketplace sellers are customer as well now, you know, so, you know, that is actually a partnership, you know, you know, used to be the, the vendor was the kind of, you know, let's, let's, let's negotiate hard on those guys, but actually, you know, we, we need the sellers to be successful, you know, and so, you know, giving them advice, giving them feedback, giving them access to the right set of customers is going to make the difference. When you think of your marketplace strategy, Ian, do you see it, I guess, who are you taking cues from on that? Are you looking to kind of totally take a different approach that doesn't exist out there? Are you looking to do it fully different than them or, you know, a fairly similar approach? Yeah, each one has a different approach. I, I would say, you know, I, I, let's say Best Buy is a good example. You know, actually, it's mm-hmm. it's it started. You know, it's very category focused. You know, so it's really kind of you, what do you think? You think electronics? You know, that's the that you know you, you you might think and consider kind of score. That's what they start with. You know, if you think about 
Walmart, for instance, you think, you know, price and, and groceries, you know, that would be the sort of thing you think about. So, so we've sort of analyzed and, and you know, we believe that uh, we can win on kind of, you know, style and design, you know, and, and quality, you know, because that's, there's nobody mm-hmm. who's doing a marketplace in Canada who can own that space and then working hard then with the customers to extend them into new categories. Well, it's interesting. So that that's a big bet. I think another bet that I've I've, I've heard about is the, the secondhand mar- clothing market, and this is uh, set to become an eighty four billion dollar market globally. I believe over the last twelve months, uh, over one hundred twenty million consumers have tried reselling for the first time. So it, it's growing rapidly. Um, and I just heard that you guys have signed a, a partnership with Rebel Stork, a Canadian tech startup here in Canada. That's awesome to see that you guys are, are partnering up with more tech companies in Canada. Do you think that this is driven primarily by sustainability trends or do you think it's more focused on just price? Like customers can get, you know, the same product they, that they wanted, but just at a lower price? Uh, yeah, I think it's a blend of both. I mean, if you think about the, you know, the very top end and how do you get accessibility to uh, your favorite Gucci or Chanel bag, you know, that, that may be outside your realms, I think there's definitely a consumer there. It's about quality. They've got aspirations to own one of those items. So, Definitely price is the key driver there. But in Rebel Stalk's case, I mean, that's actually about sustainability. And I think if we can give them access to that, that's that, that's fantastic. And, and also solve a problem for the customer. We've started with uh, Rebel Store. Actually, ha- how do they get their product to go onto their marketplace? So, you know, the fact that we have stores and a space mm-hmm. and a customer base that actually can come to an event to get product that then could be uh, can be sold onto onto uh, Rebel Store site. That, that that's a solution that we've solved for them. So it, again, it becomes kind of a virtuous circle of opportunity. Customer wins either selling it or buying it. How are you thinking about loyalty? You know, the Bay Hudson's Bay has one of the most I'd say most popular loyalty programs in Canada. We work with with Hudson's Bay on the loyalty side as well. How are you thinking about loyalty today, and where do you see it going? you know, two to three years from now? So I think we know we have to give a better value proposition to the customer on loyalty, make it more obvious. So, and make it easier to use. That was the most critical thing. You know, again, it came, comes down to that tech thing. You know, it has to be seamless. It has to be integrated. It has to be valuable, you know, and actually the relationship we've built up with Neo is, has been part of that journey. You know, we've wanted to kind of find a, a digital partner who could reach outside our organization, reach outside, um, you know, that, that sort of our spend and get into that, that, that customer's other spend and get loyalty mm-hmm. there. So we've created a wider ecosystem, Canadian tech focused, digital first, but more importantly, actually created a product of values, which was just, you know, outstanding in, in the Canadian market. That, that sort of adds value to our uh, kind of pedigree as, and our loyalty program. But we've got lots to come. We've got a lot of things, uh, you know, I can't talk about them, but we, we, we think this is a huge space for us to, to work on as we grow our the number of categories we're in. We think we can, uh, you know, basically transform our loyalty program that we have at the moment into something that's that's you know completely mm-hmm. unique um, for, from you know what Canadians will have seen before. So you know just watch this space on this one. We got we've got some exciting things coming. Former HBC CEO Jerry Store recently came out and mentioned that consumers have money; they want to spend it. As a result, retailers should be prepared for and these are his words: freaking high demand this holiday season. What? should retailers be focused on when it comes to capturing some of this demand it's it's always the same it's like give customers what they want you know it's be be for, be there for them 
when they want them and deliver it to them in the way they want. I mean, and they're, they're super more demanding than they ever have been. So, you know, and, and it's going to be challenging. And this year is an interesting one. You know, we've got supply constraints, products turning up late. So you've got all of that pressure coming. I, I certainly would advise customers to, you know, think early and, and, and get in there early and get that list. You know, Christmas is only around the corner. Get on the Bay website and, and we'd love to look after you. Well, Ian, it's been an absolute pleasure and an honor having you here on the show. Is there any messages you want to leave our listeners with? We're an exciting digital business. We're going to be there for you. We're going to be more relevant. We're going to offer you more things and we want to inspire you. Come with us on the journey because it's going to be exciting and, and rewarding. Well, thank you very again. I'm here with Ian Nairn, President and CEO of The Bay. Thank you very much, Ian. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs>